Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Time once again for Second Watch on the YouTube and podcast homes for BamaOnline.com. Travis Ryer, Senior Analyst for BOL. The Sunday after Alabama's 42-28 win over the LSU Tigers. Saturday night at Bryant-Denny Stadium. A lot to get into as the Crimson Tide improves to 8-1 and on the season and in sole possession of first place in the SEC West with two SEC games remaining, including a kind of weird road trip coming up to Kentucky. It seems like in most years in which Alabama has gone up to the Commonwealth, it has coincided with like the races at Keeneland, the racetrack there. You know, horses running, things like that. Not going to have as much of that kind of a sense, I don't think, this time around. But Alabama looking to finalize its place in the 2023 SEC Championship as it heads up to the bluegrass. But first, let's review Alabama LSU and we'll get things going with the opening snap of the game from Saturday night. LSU wins the toss defers to the second half, and so urgency on the offensive side of the ball, really for both these teams. LSU missing some key pieces defensively, haven't been very good throughout the season on the defensive side of the ball. Alabama offensively on the rise, or so it had seemed, especially in the second half of that win over Tennessee. So could the Crimson Tide sustain it? And as we get it going here, if you're a Kendrick Law fan, on this first play, you like what you're getting because Kendrick's in the lineup and not just in the lineup, but lined up in the backfield to go along with Jace McClellan and Jalen Milrow. It is 12 personnel, but it feels more like 22 because Kendrick has that size and skill set that could very well pass for a running back. So shotgun formation for Jalen Milrow. On the opening snap, got C.J. Dupree inlined on the right side, Amari Nyblack flexed out to the left, and here's your opening snap, and it is a perimeter run, and already you're seeing the guards for Alabama involved, getting out in front and pulling on this run. Some scissors action as you had Law coming towards the field and McClellan running into the boundary. Now, not a significant play in terms of yardage, but what you will see coming up here in just a little bit is how Alabama set up Law to work the perimeter going the other way. So we'll get into that coming up in just a little bit. And why not go ahead and get started with some third downs while we're at it? Because that was very much a theme in this game. Alabama offensively absolutely devastatingly effective on third downs. And as this play got going, C.J. Dupree helped out with Caden Proctor on that left edge at that left tackle position before slipping down into the middle of the field, and you're going to see Milrow pretty quickly here turn to Dupree, who is open underneath, and he's going to take and turn and pick up a first down for the Crimson Tide out near the 40-yard line. So important to at least get some field position to your advantage if you're Alabama here. Even if you don't go down and score points on the opening drive, Get your defense in a position where you can make Jaden Daniels and that LSU offense go the length of the field. So now a third and six a little bit later in the possession. And you see down here with Harold Perkins working off the right edge of that LSU defense. Initially, Dupree gives him a little something before again getting out into the route. And you've got the back trailing Dupree. See right here? That's Roydell Williams. He's trying to get into that left flat, but it looks like LSU's got things pretty well covered up. Jalen initially wanted to work to the right, didn't have much there. Again, as we'll see it right here at the snap, there is Dupree, a little bit of a chip there on Perkins. And you see to the right side with Prentice and Bond working kind of a layered route concept, wants to go there. 
kind of closed off that way. And by the time he comes back, there he squats in the pocket, and you're just not going to be able to make many throws. Could Caden Proctor have been better in pass pro? Probably. But this had the feel of a dead play from the outset. And so not able to get it back to Roydell. You got a couple of soft backers there, probably a combination of spy and check down duties there for those inside linebackers for LSU. And with that, the Crimson Tide is forced to punt the football. James Burnup does a good job of putting LSU on its own 15. And so here come the Tigers quickly. Jaden Daniels looking out to his left and again, just doesn't require much room to break the pocket. And that's what you see right here. Deontay Lawson coming off an edge. Justin Aboigby also working up the field. The narrowest of margins for Jaden Daniels to work with, and he still slips out. And as the game would move on, this kind of gain here, as Caleb Downs makes the stop after a seven-yard pickup, you'd think, hey, that's not bad because Daniels was going to really hit Alabama for some explosives with his legs. Now, right here, first and 10 for LSU, uh, bringing some numbers there in the pass rush, kind of forces Daniels to get the ball out quickly, but some good coverage here from Malachi Moore working at that star position against Malik Neighbors. He's able to get the pass break up, despite, as you'll see right here, gets turned around a little bit, but in phase enough to be able to recover and get a hand in there and get the PBU for the veteran defensive back. So second and four now for LSU out near its own 48-yard line. And now this was pretty important in the game, I thought, going into it. The quarterback running back dynamic for LSU. Look, I didn't see Jaden Daniels going off to the extent that he did in essentially three quarters of work on the ground. I thought that there would be a need for the running backs to contribute more to the LSU rushing attack than it actually required. But Josh Williams kind of illustrates right here that with these LSU backs, you have to bring your feet. You have to bring your legs to the tackle attempt as he runs through. Jalen Key right there for a first down. Alabama's inside linebackers get caught up in the wash a little bit. Key comes up, tries to fit the gap, and Josh Williams running hard, picking up a first down. So now you get Mason Taylor for LSU in motion across the formation. And as you'll see, here comes Caleb Downs sinking to the field with Jalen Key and what looks like kind of a single high. But if you're thinking that Key from that position on the field at the top hash is going to be able to cover that over the top from Malachi Moore, well, you probably got a problem. As you see, once Caleb Downs is in there, you've essentially got Malik Neighbors hitting his head on the goalpost because Malachi is not going to run with him. And if Malachi is expecting help over the top, Jalen Key has no chance there, and it is an easy six for the LSU Tigers to take a seven to nothing lead. Now, back to that kind of two back look that we talked about on the opening snap for Alabama. There's Kendrick Law once again, this time with Jam Miller. Jam Miller on the football field early Saturday night for the Alabama offense. And what you're going to see here, watch the guards for Alabama. Watch the two offensive guards. Also watch these two inside linebackers on the ride of Milrow to Miller and how it influences them. And then that scissors concept comes into play with Kendrick Law into the top flat. See right there? The backers are influenced by Miller and Booker and also Roberts. And so easy throw and catch for Jalen Milrow out into the flat to Kendrick Law, and Kendrick Law with some twitch right here. I think Harold Perkins thought, nah, I can handle this guy. He can't get the edge. He can't get the sideline. He might get out of bounds, but he's not going to get the sideline and get another 10 or 12 yards, but guess what? That's what happens for Kendrick Law, and again, love to see the easy touches to number 19. There's the action with the pullers, 52 and 77. You see those inside linebackers right here, and even though Harold Perkins is in more of a sky sort of coverage, uh, he's not going to be able to keep Kendrick Law from getting to the outside and still finishing that play for an explosive. More of that two-back look. And this is going to be 
more of really just an inside zone. It's not going to have that sort of outside zone or counter feel to it. Instead, you're going to insert Kendrick Law into the blocking aspect of this. There you see Law. He's in there along with, that's Danny Lewis and Amari Nyblack, the tight ends there at the top of the screen. Kendrick gets a little bit of spates, but boy, Penn is able to deliver, and you'll see it right here, a big shot. And we talk so much about targeting and how really if you go through games, you can point to certain circumstances and say, well, is that targeting? I don't think this is targeting. I think this is a good football play. And as a result, you did get some helmet to helmet, but there wasn't launching. There wasn't the crown of the helmet really involved there, but just a big, big hit. So now you're playing second and six for the Alabama offense at its own 44-yard line. And as you can see here at the snap, looks like Jalen wants to keep Kendrick Law involved. Going to try to work that smoke screen to the top. You got a couple of tight ends blocking out on the perimeter, but you got a bit of a math problem up there too because you've got four LSU defenders, two Alabama blockers, and they're kind of sitting on this as they're looking in at the quarterback. You've already got leverage that's being gained by the LSU edge up top against C.J. Dupree. So you get some inside pressure on J.C. Latham, which isn't the worst thing because if your intent is to work that quick game to the top, you don't mind that inside rusher coming inside. What bigger problem is if he goes outside and gets his hands or gets into the passing lane. But when Jalen pulls the ball down, now it is a bit more of an issue because he's looking to go back to his left. And what he does well here is, and he does this a couple times in the game Saturday night, he maintains passer status for as long as he can to help set up runs for himself. Right here, you see him approaching the line of scrimmage, and he gives that little ball fake, and that holds Harold Perkins just enough to allow Jalen, like a law before him against Perkins, to get the edge. See it right here? There's that inside pressure, runs away from it. Also, look at Jermaine Burton going up the field there. Jermaine's running off coverage. Now, Jermaine's probably trying to get himself open for a deep ball. But even if that doesn't happen, he helps create space for Jalen Milrow here. And see Jalen threatened with the pass. And you'll see Perkins' hands go up just a little bit right there. And that's enough to allow Jalen with that speed to get to the sideline. You'll see it one more time right here. That kind of stalls Perkins just enough to allow Jalen to do his thing. So now you're working a concept into the boundary with both your receiver and your back. As you see McClellan here leaking out to the flat, and you've got this linebacker Spates in conflict now because you've got behind him Kobe Prentice working a sail route to the outside. So Milrose really got two options there. He could come down to Jace McClellan or, well, you can just throw it to a wide open Kobe Prentice and he chooses the latter wisely as Prentice himself picks up an explosive play in the passing game. You see the replay here. You kind of see, watch Jace slip out right here and then you've got the bottom receiver running off coverage, Jermaine Burton. And look at all the space you've got now down here towards the Alabama sideline. Either way, Jalen Milroy was going to be just fine with an accurate ball. Now, first and 10 for Alabama at the LSU 23-yard line. What I like here was the decisiveness on this first down. Go ahead. If you got a design run, and I think this was a design run, I guess there could have been some RPO involved, but the blocking scheme to me speaks to design quarterback run all the way because you see Burton, he's coming down to pin that edge defender into the boundary down here. C3 down here. And then you've got Nye Black at the snap coming across the formation as a, really a puller. He wraps around pin and pull. And your defensive back for LSU takes a pretty bad angle, which just makes the job all that much easier for Nye Black. And as a result, it's a walk-in for Jalen Milrow right here. Watch it again. Watch, watch Burton to the far right come down on 13. And it's not really a crack. It's a shield. You know, and then you've got Nye Black wrapping around and then, boy, just nothing in the way of run support, edge support there. You got those inside linebackers kind of 
thinking about Jace McClellan to start that play too, and that helped create some space going the other way for Jalen Milrow. So first and 10 now for LSU. We're only midway through the first quarter. It feels like we've played for two days. So Jaden Daniels' turn. And you see down here at the bottom of the screen, Terry and Arnold matched up man for man. And this is excellent, excellent coverage against Lacey. Watch this. He pretty much runs the route, maintains phase, gets that hand in there. Excellent. Big night for Terry and Arnold, who came back from an injury. And we'll talk about the importance of that, especially in the second half, being able to get him back on the field and uh, NFL type of tape for Terry and Arnold on Saturday night. So now it's third and 12. And what you're going to get here is Daniels dropping it down to Mason Taylor. And after the catch, you're kind of thinking this could be a first down right here. But to his credit, Christian Story gets just enough of Mason Taylor to keep him short of the sticks. And you're thinking, well, it's still fourth and one. LSU has this big offensive line. LSU has these physical backs. LSU has this runner at the quarterback position. So with all those things in mind, it was a little bit of a surprise that Brian Kelly and the offensive staff elected to throw the football. Now, this this particular play felt similar to what LSU employed on the two-point play to beat Alabama last November, except it entailed Mason Taylor out in the flat. But you're going to see motion into a stack. Alabama's got it matched pretty well. But if you noticed right there, low snap to get this play going. And I think that was critical in this. Not that Malachi Moore doesn't deserve a lot of credit for his play right here on Brian Thomas, but watch the snap once again. I think it throws the playoff just enough that even if he doesn't need to feel rushed, Jaden Daniels does just a little bit. And the throw is inside, which it needed to be for Malachi Moore to have a chance to make that play. And so Alabama, once again, man, some big spots on fourth down this season. The Crimson Tide has come through, and it does it once again right there, more hustling to get that hand in there. And it's a stop for the Crimson Tide. Alabama is able to get LSU in a third and three situation where LSU is running guys off the field. And the guy that LSU's running off the field is Harold Perkins. And if you're Alabama, that's great. Uh, you love seeing Harold Perkins running off the field on third and three, even if he's the 12th or 13th guy or the 11th guy. Doesn't really matter. And that was the situation for LSU here. Now, look at Caden Proctor right here. Look at these. Look at these three LSU defenders. One, two, three. Look at big Caden Proctor. He just engulfs these defenders. And Jace is able to pick up five and, and get a first down and keep the possession moving along. Some pretty good Pretty good play design there by Tommy Reese. Good execution by the offensive line. You'll see it once again. You get these tight end, C.J. Dupree, Caden Proctor moving out. Jermaine Burton also involved in this, although Jermaine doesn't exactly bring the wood to anyone. But it's good play design. It's good tempo. Uh, and it's effective to convert yet another third down for the Alabama offense. Now, you get into a little bit later in the possession, and here you got Isaiah Bond and Kobe Prentice working together to the right side of the formation. And even though this LSU corner has help in the middle of the field, you know, Alabama has put those post routes to Bond and Prentice on tape enough that you got to think these opposing defensive backs are going to be hypersensitive to still getting beat to the inside. So that in and of itself helps guys like Bond and Prentice create space going back to the outside. Even if the DB wants to take away the outside, even if the technique, the concept, the scheme is to do that, it's going to be hard for guys uh, not to want to take away the middle of the field. So Bond's able to cut it back to the outside. Ball is good enough. And it's an explosive for a first down. So third and one for Alabama from the LSU four. Looks like it's going to be the tush push. If you'll notice here, though, where Caden Proctor and Amari Nyblack are down here at the bottom of the formation, you're not really covered. 
And you got a linebacker walked up in there, but you don't have a big. The bigs are essentially guard to guard, really trying to take away that push aspect in the A-gaps there right behind the center. Jalen, either on his own or through film work or maybe both, I think he notices that soft spot. You can kind of see him looking that way right here and wisely elects to take that route. And he's going to get the first down no matter what, but he ends up using his 220 pounds to run through a corner here. And if that were not enough, Jam Miller with emphasis there to finish it off. There you see it. Good stuff by Jaden Proctor. He still ends up getting Spates, the linebacker, and that's no match for him. Uh, and you're able to get enough of a push from there to get Milrow into the end zone. And it's 14-7. And if you're Alabama, this is where you needed to be in the first half because you knew that LSU was getting the ball to start the third. But you also knew Jaden Daniels wasn't going to make life easier on you from this point forward. And this is another example where you feel like you're doing a lot of things right, even in the pass rush. You've got one of your best guys right there in Chris Braswell. I don't think Chris was reckless in his pass rush, but all it takes is maybe a half step, a half yard too much up the field. And that's all the room this guy needs. And he's stronger than you think, too. We'll see on his touchdown run coming up here in just a little bit. He runs through tackle attempts by inside linebackers. So he's tough to get on the ground, and he shows that once again as he breaks free. And as you notice right here, watch the inside linebackers. The back releases out to the left. That occupies Tresman Marshall. You've got Deontay Lawson in a deeper coverage, taking away that intermediate route. But he's also flowing to the other side. Daniels knows this. And so out the right side he goes. And you'll see Deontay make a hustling play. And something you saw in that, that particular play that you didn't see from the outside, from the outset, was that it looked like Deontay had a strap already on that left hamstring. I'm not convinced even before the ankle injury that he's going to sustain here in just a little bit that he wasn't already hobbled in some form or fashion. You'll see it right there. Watch Deontay on that left leg. See that left leg? It looks like one of the hamstring apparatuses. And right there, he even gets his left ankle kind of turned on him there. So a little bit later, it's third and 10 for the Tigers from the Alabama 25. I like this pressure for Alabama. It's a five-man pressure. In retrospect, or really even during the game, I thought Alabama might go with more of this after this because this is about as good as it gets against a quarterback like Jaden Daniels. Your edge guys are maintaining integrity as far as the edges, and then you work a little bit of a game on the inside, but your guys stay tight. They don't get loose. They don't get sloppy in how they go about it with Jamarian Latham and Justin Aboigby and also Deontay Lawson in there. And then you get the door slammed on Jaden Daniels with Aboigby and Lawson. That's the way you would love to do it every single time. If only Jaden Daniels would let you. Pretty good coverage behind this, too, when you watch it on the back end. Guys running uh, in man coverage in good shape. You've got to check down here to the right in Logan Diggs, but you're going to see the safety. I think that's Caleb Downs come up in good shape. And then your two guys in the middle there take care of Jaden Daniels. Forced field goal there that LSU would miss. So best case scenario in a lot of ways for Alabama. There's a boy in Lawson once again uh, to end that possession, that threat for the LSU Tigers. So Alabama with the football up 14 to 7, 9.52 left in the second quarter. It is third and eight. Boy, we talk about a lot of third downs on this one, don't we? Not just third down conversions either, explosive plays on third downs. And as you watch this one, you'll see Jace McClellan in here. He's in here helping out against this inside linebacker in pass protection. And as things start to break down, You'll see Jermaine Burton to the top of the screen. He's working an in-breaking in route. It looks like Amari Nyblack wants to cross right here, but he gets held up. He can't really get through the traffic. But you'll see McClellan, he just sort of releases and makes himself available. 
gets into the line of vision of Jalen, who does a good job of either keeping his eyes up or sometimes he drops his eyes, he gets them back up. But he finds Jace McClellan regardless here, and it's a catch and run. Jace has had a couple of these now against LSU. He had the 65-yarder in Baton Rouge last year. There's another one for Jace in 2023 against the Tigers. Watch it one more time. LSU, pretty good shape in the pass rush right here, or at least Jalen's sensing it, and he starts to slide out to his left. Unfortunately, most of what he's got working is down here to the bottom of the field, especially after Nyblack gets held up. He's not in a position to be able to make a throw to Burton on the in-breaking route. But again, Jace McClellan keeps playing. You know, it's easy to kind of stand around and watch sometimes, but McClellan keeps himself in the play. Not the prettiest pass Jalen Milroy will throw this season, but uh, looks pretty good on the stat sheet for Jace McClellan. So first and 10 for Alabama now. And, you know, this is where you can really assert yourself or you can kind of quell your own momentum. And one of the pet peeves I have from this game, maybe some other games too, look at the play clock. And really, you're coming off the explosive play to Jace. I know it's you know a sudden change type situation based on field position, but trying to get the checks in, trying to get the play you want, sometimes you get rushed and sometimes or oftentimes that will lead to a false start, a pre-snap penalty. And unfortunately for the Alabama offense, that's what we see right here. As you see, the play stopped. And it's just a momentum killer because you go from on the drive, potential to go up 21 to 7. Now you're first and 15. And look, Alabama did a nice job really all night kind of overcoming negative plays and penalties. That was maybe the biggest separation in the game. Alabama overcame those. LSU, not so much as we go through the game. We'll see more of that. But you end up with a longer field goal for Will Reichard than it needed to be. And he misses for the first time in the 2023 season. Wasn't a great night for Will, but uh, he misses that field goal attempt. You come away with nothing. And now you're kind of on your heels all of a sudden because here comes LSU and Daniels once again playing a first and five. This is nice stuff from Justin Aboigby, who you can already see right here getting up the field, being disruptive. Uh, getting a clean win there, and then stays with it and still makes the tackle right there. Heck of a first half for Justin Aboigby, who finished the first half with six total tackles to lead the Crimson Tide. So now, a few snaps later, it's first and goal. And you look at it, and it's 319 left in the second quarter, and the score is 14-7. to And even for these two offenses, you're thinking, there's no way there's three more touchdowns in this half. But oh, wait. There absolutely are three more, as we'll see right here. And this is John Emery, the running back, motioning out wide to the right side of the formation. And you'll see some confusion here between Trez Marshall and Deontay Lawson, who is lined up outside in this look, kind of a bear look. Um, now, Downs goes out there with Emery, which doesn't leave Alabama shorthanded in terms of gap coverage, but... It does leave Alabama less athletic, um, you know, and those type of things in space, which is what this is all about right here. You know, when LSU goes historically empty, especially in the red zone, even with Joe Burrow, guys like that, they're looking to run the quarterback. It seems like regardless of coaching staffs or whatever, and it's not foreign to a lot of offenses, if we're being honest. Ole Miss has done it. We've seen – Arkansas does it. Tennessee does it. You know, these quarterbacks these days, you're looking to utilize them, especially in the red zone, as that additional run threat. And that's what you're going to see here. So Downs goes to the top of the field with Emory. And you can see Trez Marshall and Lawson, they're kind of talking. And there's some confusion there. So even though you're okay in terms of coverage, you know, when Deontay gets – pushed inside just a little bit right there uh, because he's probably anticipating uh, Daniels trying to hit him more in there. You get two guys in a gap, basically, because see Marshall's in there now, too. But Marshall still has a chance right here. He's got a chance, but 
as I talked about earlier, Daniels will fool you sometimes too because he'll run through some of this stuff. One, two, three guys. He essentially is able to make his way through. There it is again from a little higher vantage point with Emery out to the top. And he's just up there to get a guy out of the box, as we know. And the guy he gets out of the box is probably Alabama's best all-around tackler, who you want involved probably, I would think, right here. And so uh, Daniel's able to get into the end zone, and it is a 14-14 game. Third and three for the Crimson Tide. And you're going to get Jam Miller with that speed out here on the rail. You're going to run him on the rail out here to the wide side of the field. You'll see Harold Perkins kind of sees it. Now he's trying to run and get in coverage. This is a great ball from Jalen. Look at that. Really nice. Worried about Jam hanging on there for a second, but he finishes the catch, and now it's going to be a big pickup. Give Perkins credit. Dude can run, and he doesn't mind bringing some effort. But as you can see here, you get these linebackers influenced, and then you run off coverage with the wide receiver right down the hash mark right there. I think that's probably Isaiah Bond, and you got to be aware of that because, again, the tape tells you he'll hit you over the top of that, but you get Miller running out into the flat on the rail, and it is a big play for the Alabama offense. 128 left in the first half. Another third and long for Alabama as Jalen has got Jace McClellan in the game with him. Here comes a four-man pass rush. Not bad, not bad protection, but Jalen is very, very decisive this time. He could throw it, check down to C.J. Dupree, but when you think about it on third and 11, if you throw that ball to Dupree there, is he going to pick up eight more yards after the catch? Maybe, or there could be Jace McClellan working out here to the flat. You could try that with, but Jalen says, I'm going to go get it right here, and that he does. Good job, too, by C.J. Dupree there of transitioning from receiver to blocker in helping his quarterback out, Jalen easily picks it up. Here you can see it again. Jace out in the right flat, don't really have that sail route to the right to Jermaine Burton with that corner sinking there. See that? And then Dupree, though, with the transition to blocker, that helps. And Milrow is able to keep the drive alive. Another first and 10 for Alabama from the LSU 22-yard line. Jalen's going to step up one more time. Pretty good job by the tackles. Look at Caden Proctor. Look at J.C. Latham against Mason Smith. Look at the interior. In good shape. You've also got Jace once again here in check down mode. Might as well be the Maytag man, right? And look, it's an overthrow for what could have been or should have been an easy touchdown from Milrow to Isaiah Bond. But there's still reasons to be encouraged by the sequence because – you get Jalen moving up into the pocket. You get Jalen keeping his eyes up the field. You get Jalen properly diagnosing his open receiver. Just doesn't execute the throw. Yeah, it's a tough one. This guy, I think, pretty much sums up fan of the week right here. I think this guy pretty much sums up the feelings of Alabama fans at that point. You'll watch it again. Protection, not bad. Jalen's going to go ahead and run up into the pocket look at jace the room he's got to work with but keeps his eyes up the field and just needs to make a better throw he's got what he wants right there but he just misses bond and that brings up a third nine and this is interesting because i think some of what jalen did on the overthrow to isaiah bond helped him as a runner on this particular play as we'll run it here but this time you'll see Jace, a little bit of a chip on Perkins, not much. Perkins able to get into pretty good shape there in the pass rush and flush Jalen up into the pocket. And as he moves out here now, it's similar to what we just saw with the overthrow to Bond. And the corner knows that. And so Jalen staying in passer mode, or at least giving off the perception of still being in passer mode, makes that corner stay out there. And good on... We talk about receivers and backs creating space in the run game, too. This is an example of it. Good job by Jace staying out there, right? He could come inside and try to make a block, but if he does that, he's bringing an extra defender with him to the play. By staying wide, it helps keep that lane 
in a position where Jalen can do exactly that. And this linebacker, 30 pin, you can see him as soon as those two crossers come there and he and Spates sink in there, especially pin. Now he's not going to win this. This is too much green. That's too much green right there with the way that guy can run. And it's another rushing touchdown for Jalen Milrow. Speaking of rushers, third and nine for LSU, 33 seconds left in the first half. If you're an Alabama fan, you're thinking, man, we've got three timeouts. Hey, we get a stop here. We get an incompletion or a sack or just keep them short of the sticks. Maybe Nick will go really crazy and come after the punt. Or if they do punt, LSU punts, we'll have some timeouts. Maybe we'll try to make something happen, especially with LSU having the football to start the third quarter. None of that came to fruition for Alabama fans because Daniels does what Daniels does. Right here, Dallas Turner obviously really wants to get after him. But when you come on that speed rush, if you get a little too far up the field, this is the opportunity it creates for Daniels. And once again, Deontay in chase mode, Christian Story in the game now. He's in good coverage. He's in good coverage. The problem is Daniels is running right behind him. Good hustle by Trey Amos to make the tackle here. As you can see, just a little bit up the field. And now Daniels is gone. And here you see Story. You got to have some communication here. It's hard, though, when you're playing full speed to you know, put off an alert that, look, you got a guy right behind you with the football. And here comes Amos to clean it up. So now you're in hang-on mode. You went from potentially thinking about, hey, Alabama might add a score here in the last 30 seconds to if you're the Alabama defense, this can't, this cannot be more than a field goal that you give up in this situation. But it turns out to be six. Crimson Tide, safeties too, too deep. They can keep everything in front of you. Make them make this throw and just make the tackle. And I'm not sure, you know, in this situation that you're going to make the tackle and get out of the half having given up nothing. Probably still going to give up a field goal in this spot. But you're not going to give up six. Christian Story goes for the pass breakup, which is no man's land down here. There you see the coverage. Just keep it in front. Don't give it up behind us. Make the tackle. Yeah. And still, Caleb Downs has a chance. But these LSU receivers, they're not little guys. They're pretty big receivers. Lacey in that group. So even though Downs comes over and gets a hand or a two on Lacey, he's able to work through it and spin into the end zone there. And it is a 21-21 game at the half. And in terms of the things you absolutely did not want to happen, here it is. LSU not only ties the game in the final seconds of the second quarter, but gets the football to start the third quarter. And the Tigers get going with some quick game to the outside. But boy, Terry and Arnold, again, so important to get him back in the game after the injury. In the second quarter, he shows why for one of many reasons right there. He gets his head across, uh, blows up that smoke screen. Here's Daniels on the first and 10. And I honestly don't know how you play this any better than Malachi Moore did. And that's exceptional coverage. But the ball placement and the finish by neighbors is hard to beat. You're not going to beat it. So now LSU in a tie game with a first and goal from the Alabama 2 in 14 personnel, a back in four tight ends. And you'll see Alabama's interior does a pretty good job here. When you look at Tim Smith, Tim Keenan, Jaheim Otis, that interior trio essentially from guard to guard, they provide the resistance. And you get the two inside linebackers up into the gaps. But you just don't get enough of Josh Williams. You don't get him on the ground. And then down here, you get Justin Aboigby and Chris Braswell a little bit inside. And once Williams is able to bounce out of that, it's an easy touchdown. And Williams has been tough on Alabama the last couple of seasons. You'll see it here from the overhead shot. Watch 50. Watch Keenan on the ball, on the nose. Yeah, that's good stuff. You got him until you don't. So, I mean, that's the difference in a touchdown 
and potentially playing second and goal from the three or the four, because that could easily have been a tackle for loss, but uh, it's not. And so LSU goes back ahead by a touchdown and we're not midway through the third quarter just yet. So, you know, everybody's got a thought on turning points in games and biggest plays in games and those type of things. And look, in this game, I think there's three, four, maybe five you could point to. For me, when this play happened, I remember thinking, this is huge because LSU is up seven. Alabama has a third and 10. And you've got to maintain pace at this point because you haven't shown that you're really going to slow down this LSU offense. So this is another third and long. Alabama has obviously been very effective. Uh, and so midfield, Jalen's going to take the snap and he doesn't waste a lot of time. He gets a little bit of heat at the top of his drop. Proctor gets his guy outside just enough. JC Latham's having no problem. The interior guys are taking care of business. Once again, you got a tight end underneath right here and Amari Nyblack, but for the most part in this game, whether it was Nyblack, whether it was CJ Dupree, these guys were more of personal protector types for Jalen on these kind of runs. And this was huge, man. Cause again, you get the ball back to LSU already down seven uh, and it starts getting late early. If the Tigers get a double digit lead and Milrow comes up big one more time. So first and 10 now for Alabama. And then there are, you know, there are plays too that feel like they damage the psyche, maybe a little bit of an opponent. And, and that one had the feel of that too, because what you're going to see next is a couple of liver punches from Roydell Williams. Split zone action using Isaiah Bond in some pre-snap motion for some eye candy for those linebackers of LSU. But really, you're just giving it to Roydell and letting the interior of your offensive line do its thing. And that's some good stuff by Jaden Roberts, Seth McLaughlin, Tyler Booker. You'll see it again right here. Watch 77, what he does to 99 with that initial thrust. He reestablishes, redirects 99. That helps open things up, and Roydell doesn't waste any time. Runs with power, runs behind his pads. It's a nice first down pickup, and Alabama's going to stick with it. This time from 12 personnel, there you see C.J. Dupree, Robbie Oots flip from one side of the formation to the other. Going to stay with it. Why not give it to Roydell? And again, look at Jaden Roberts on 99. Look what he's already done here. Was that two yards, two full yards? Roydell still a yard away from the line of scrimmage. Roydell hits it. And there you go. Finishes with authority. And watch Jaden Roberts again, man. Watch this initial. Yeah. He gets him going the other way. And then Jaden Roberts, man, he loves to look for work. He's always around the piles at the end of plays, if you've noticed. So, again, if it's not broke, don't fix it. More split zone. Roydell, big hole off the right side. Jaden Roberts one more time doing work. Nice seal block by Seth McLaughlin there. J.C. Latham doing his job. Harold Perkins comes up into the hole, but this looks a little bit like a business decision tackle attempt. Goes after Roydell's ankles. That's not going to work, and there goes Roydell into the end zone. Watch it once again. Latham gets highlighted, but really good work by the right side in general. As you can see, Jaden walling off, Seth walling off, and then Roydell keeps his feet clean right here. See how he gets them off the ground, stays on balance? That's what we've seen from Roydell a good bit this season, and it has proven very effective. So now you're tied at 28, 7.30 left in the third quarter. Roberts looking to throw. He gets flushed. It's another hustling effort by Justin Aboigby, but he loses leverage in the process. And right there is where you could see Deontay Lawson have that ankle issue that he had that really caused him problems and forced him to the sideline there. And... This also sets up kind of a another big moment, I thought, in the game. So it's a second and seven play, and Turner's able to get enough pressure to force 
Daniels to spin out of the pocket. And that's tough on offensive tackles because they don't always know. They rarely know where their quarterback's at. So the change of direction from Turner is symptomatic of holds that you'll see on offensive tackles. That's what happened to Will Campbell there. But Turner does a good job of staying with it too. You can see the flag come in there from the official. And there was a time, right, when you just had this white hat back here. Now you got the extra official that I think was implemented in large part because of spotting the football with these tempo offenses and the speed of the game and how it was moving so quickly from snap to snap. But Daniel still beats it, and he's off and running once again. You see the flag, so you know it's a hold. The only thing you're worried about here at the end of the play is Malachi, and he's a veteran. He's mature enough not to go all in on the shot on the sideline. There you see it once again, the grab on Dallas Turner, and there goes Jaden Daniels. So that's big because that puts LSU behind the sticks. Alabama ends up getting the football back first and 10 at its own 32-yard line. Jalen going to throw the hitch to the wide side of the field to Jermaine Burton. And this is some good stuff from three because he starts working back to the football instead of squatting, which helps not only his quarterback, but also helps him put the defense in a tough spot because now he's, he's coming at the defense. He's able to dictate more after the catch. And so that momentum taking him back to the inside helps him set up a move back to the corner, which gets him how much? Another seven, eight yards after the catch? Good stuff. Jermaine Burton. More of Roydell Williams on a split zone concept. Good stuff here. Picking up the edge from across the formation by C.J. Dupree. Boy, this is kind of a repeat on these, isn't it? When you see the numbers on this of 56 and 77, and you see the face of J.C. Latham, that typically means there's a crease right there. And that's absolutely the case for Roydell Williams right here as he takes Omar Spates for a little bit of a bus ride. There you see it. There, boy, good stuff right there from Jaden. How he comes off and then, and also watch Roydell right here. He presses the hole just right. He gives it just enough time. Boom. Jaden's able to get there, and now he's running through contact. Second and four for Alabama. Here is another one of those hitches to the outside, and like Jermaine Burton, Isaiah Bond does a nice job. That little bit of a comeback, that step or two back to the ball. This stuff we didn't see from Alabama's receivers last year, to be quite frank with you. And also, give Holman Wiggins some credit at this point, right? Because there's no argument that these groups, these guys have absolutely improved this year. There you go. Isaiah Bond coming back to the ball, secures the catch, and that helps him set himself up for some nice yards after the reception. Second and five here. Here comes that sort of slice action from across the formation. And now that you have gashed LSU with the split zone, you're able to keep those linebackers in there too with this action to Jace McClellan, but also because you've run this play into the flat with Bond and Kendrick Law and some of those guys, you've got defenders that have to account for him as he comes out here. And in doing so, that helps create a crease in the run game for Jalen Milrow. Watch these guys flow to six right here. Two guys, and that's just enough once he makes his cut to get him into the end zone. So suddenly, the momentum very much in Crimson. And if it wasn't before, it definitely is after this. If you can't get home, get some hands up. Do what you can to get in the passing lanes and perhaps create opportunities for your teammates. That's what Dallas Turner does right here. Working against Will Campbell. Campbell doesn't get Turner's hands down on a quick throw to the edge, and that's tough. That's tough right there. What about that look? That's the look of, I took the three and loaded up. That's what that look is. And that look is, yeah, he did. And I've seen him do it before. Interception for Terry and Arnold. And we talked about it earlier, how important it was getting Arnold back on the field. And 
really for, again, a couple of reasons. But as much as anything, with Arnold able to go when Alabama was in its nickel without Jalen Key because of his injury, you were able to play Malachi Moore and Downs at safety with Terion Arnold at the star and your corners with Trey Amos and Kool-Aid McKinstry because you feel pretty good. You feel fine, I think, with Trey Amos at corner. And so if that can be your five, now dime, it gets a little more complicated. You know, without Jalen Key, and I'd say maybe to an extent even with Jalen Key, you know, it, it, the, the back end of the, that six-man secondary, it, it starts to taper a little bit. And so it felt like, especially after Key went out, although, as we'll see, Story did some good things, Alabama was now really a defensive back short, especially against an offense like this. A lot of offenses, you can get away with it. This one, it's uh, it's really hard to do that. There you see Turner uh, getting into the passing lane and Arnold gobbling up the cookie. So now Alabama in a second and 14 with a seven-point lead from the LSU 29. And here's more of that jet work. And this is nice because it's an easy touch. It's an easy reception. And it turns a second and, nine, a second and 14 into a Something manageable is Kendrick once again with some nice cuts and also getting the job done after contact. There you see Jaden Roberts. Got to be careful. Got to be a little careful. Well, I like it, but they will call you for some of this around the pile stuff. But 77, man, he's always looking for work, even 10, 15 yards downfield. So Law picks up nine, puts Alabama in a third and five. Milrow going to roll to his right pretty quickly here. LSU looks like they've got things covered up pretty well out there in that right flat. And it's Harold Perkins and Jalen Milrow, two fours, one-on-one. And you're going to get the very rare double horse collar. I mean, you usually see the front or the back, but it's not often you get guys grabbing both. And that's the call there on Harold Perkins. That's a big moment, too. Uh, and that keeps that Alabama possession rolling. And Alabama just going to keep working that interior run game at this point. You bring around Robbie Oots. You bring around Tyler Booker from the left side. Both of those guys do their job. Booker's on his guy. Um, good stuff from JC once again. Here comes Oots leading the way through the hole. And right here, you worry a little bit because here comes Spates from behind for LSU. Look at that right hand. You know what's coming. He's going for the football. And if you're an Alabama fan, you've seen some big fumbles at that end of Bryant-Denny Stadium. Some have gone okay for Alabama. 2005 Tennessee comes to mind. Some have gone not so well for Alabama. 2010 Auburn comes to mind. But McClellan, as he has done throughout the season, is able to secure the football. Here it is again. Dupree doing his job up top. Down blocks, and here comes Booker from that left guard position. Gets his guy. Latham taking care of business. Here comes Oots. He's got his guy. And now Jay's going to hang on to the football there as he crosses the goal line. 42-28 now. And this is a play that undoubtedly will be talked about in the days and weeks to come. And I get it in terms of potential impact to the game. Again, Alabama's up 14, so we have to take that into account. We also have to take into account that there's still 13 minutes left in the game. And what we had seen from LSU, certainly to this point, was an ability to strike fast. Now, the last couple of drives hadn't been as good, but if you're – thinking that it was a given that LSU was just done for the night with Jaden Daniels, I'm probably not going to be able to go all the, the, all the way there with you. Uh, but right here we see it. Dallas Turner working against Campbell gets the early win to the inside, and now he is in full speed to the quarterback. And as we see right here at the moment of truth, he doesn't launch. Now, you can't really tell at that point what the initial contact looks like. Malachi Moore on the back end survives the deep ball to Malik Neighbors. And right here you see it. We slow it down. And it's not crown of the helmet. It's not forcibly at least initial contact to the neck and head. Now, as the play, as you can see, you can, you can see the top of Dallas Turner's helmet 
right there very clearly. So I don't think it's a dirty play. It's a, it's a, it's a rough football play. And if you want to call it a personal foul or late hit, and I guess you could call that. Uh, but from what I know about targeting anymore, which isn't much to be honest with you, because it seems like depending on the game I watch or when I watch it, it's subjective is all get out. But what I've seen the last two years and two of the biggest moments that Alabama football has had is that those type of hits were not deemed as targeting. Saw it on Bryce Young at Tennessee last year. And I thought that was more egregious, certainly, if you want to talk about helmet to helmet and going high on a guy than this was with Dallas Turner. And so the 15-yard penalty is in effect. Daniels has to leave the game. Garrett Nussmeyer in now. Alabama in its, is that dime? It looks like dime, I guess. You got Jihad Campbell up in there walking out in coverage there. Nice job by Trey Amos and Christian Story on that third and 10. And look, there's no doubt it got a lot easier for Alabama with Jaden Daniels out of the game because now you can play to some of your strengths in terms of pressures and simulated pressures and kind of getting after Garrett Nussmeyer in ways, just from a physical perspective, that you couldn't with Jaden Daniels. If you're wondering about Jalen Key, there's number six right there. He's in street clothes. He's in his jersey and a warm-up, it looks like. So you know his status for the rest of the game. You had already pretty much known that. But a nice job there by Amos and Story. And so it is that time of the game, fans, where we get the inexplicable shotgun snap that goes off of Jalen Milrow unwittingly. And I've talked about it before. Alabama's been very fortunate to survive these throughout the season. And this is the latest example because, yeah, it's a 14-point game, but with where the football's at, look at these two LSU defenders. I mean, that could kick off of Jalen into the flat. 25 can pick that up for a defensive touchdown, and it's 42-35, and there's still 10-plus minutes left. So very fortunate, again, that for whatever reason, the snap that goes off of Jalen ends up not only in Jalen's hands, but he picked up yards on the play. So now you've got a third and three for the Crimson Tide, and Milrow is going to take advantage of that good fortune as he hits Jermaine Burton on a slant for a first down. Alabama proceeds to get itself in field position. What was this, six-minute possession, something like that? And this is essentially an in-game scenario with Will Reichard. It was fourth and one. Alabama had shown that maybe it might try to tush push it, crimson tide ride it, whatever. But with this guy in your back pocket, if you're Nick Saban, you're going to go ahead and take your chances with the 43-yarder from Will Reichard. The snap is good. The hold is good. Reichard gets the laces spun for him nicely by holder James Burnett, but Looks like he just blocks this one out to the right a little bit. Doesn't maybe get that plant foot going up the field more a little across his body and just leaves it out to the right. And again, this is a spot kickers typically like to kick from on the field. They like that left, left hash. A lot of them do line up on that right upright, that right post, and just sort of have at it. You know, if you pull it a little bit, you're still going to be all right in terms of uh, accuracy, maybe a little draw on it. That's fine too. But Will, one of the very rare occasions, just doesn't get the ball between the uprights. And he's not very happy about that. So Alabama back on defense here, working against Garrett Nussmeyer. Nice pass breakup. Got to be some individual honors coming for uh, Terry and Arnold, I would think, this week. What about you? And then right here, I think that Nussmeyer's probably thinking he's going to get pressure, like five or six guys. It ends up being just a four-man rush, which he takes the underneath sort of hot route to neighbors, which is fine for Alabama because they got two guys right there with Turner dropping and Trez Marshall as well. So that's going to do it for the latest edition of Second Watch right here on the YouTube and podcast homes for BamaOnline.com. Hang out with us at BamaOnline.com. Continuing coverage of all things Crimson Tide. We got men's basketball. We got hoops cranking up. Men's, women's basketball cranking up for the Crimson Tide. And, of course, trip to Kentucky. There'll be no shortage of talk about this LSU game, the Dallas Turner situation. One more thing on that with Dallas Turner. 
you know, if he had been called for targeting, it would have been big for this week too because he would have been out for a half of the Kentucky game and going against uh, the Wildcats up there. So uh, it'll be good to have him available for four quarters this week. We're always available to you at BamaOnline.com. Our YouTube home we're very proud of. We hope you've subscribed to that as well. So Travis Ryer, once again, thanking you for joining us right here on the YouTube and podcast homes for BamaOnline.com. And until next time, so long, everybody. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.